Hello, my fine friends. It's me, Rich Terry, with another Rahalasta Pa. Uh, we're at the York Grand Opera House with David Reed, who's, uh, does lots of podcasts, The Penny Dreadfuls, Stand Up, just releasing a uh, new audio sci-fi thing with Radio 4. It's very exciting. He's doing the York pantomime. None of this comes up in the podcast. He wasn't very well, <laughs> but he got through it. Um, uh, I hope you enjoy all these. There's loads more to come, uh, and we are doing live ones. Go to richardherring.com slash rahalastapata slash tour or richherring.com slash gigs, and you can find out if we're coming near to you. Still have very few tickets left for Birmingham on March the 28th. Nearly got the guest nailed down for that one. Uh, most of the London ones selling okay. First one sold out. Second one with Parapod is selling surprisingly fast. I didn't think anyone would want to see that one. We will have a proper guest as well, so don't worry if you don't like Ian Boldsworth. He's very sexist and very dull. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahalasta Patata with... David Reed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Grand Opera House in York. Please welcome a man who just got put a bet on and got the right score and everything, but he cashed out too soon, the idiot. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Hello, York. It's good to be home. It's good to be home. Um, I've forgotten I've written this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It's lovely to be here. Welcome to Richard Herring's Lubricating Sabretooth Tigers podcast. I forgot, I'd forgotten that uh, I'd written that in the car on the way up. Um, uh, you've got to come up with new ideas for podcasts. There's too many just two blokes talking to each other, isn't it? We've had enough of that. So uh, what the podcast is now, I'm going to jet- genetically engineer uh, extinct prehistoric animals and then turn them on, see if I can turn them on. Get them lubricated, uh, then fuck them uh, with with a guest. Uh, I don't know if the guests have realised that. So it's not just going to be sabre tooth tigers. That's just the title. But uh, I was hanging out at the Jorvik uh, Viking Centre. Uh, the other day. I love going there because you can do farts in there and just then say it's a smell from the olden days. That's why. If you smell my farts today, that would be you'd find that you doubly funny. And uh, a man dressed as an animatronic slave trader said he calls it Rahalastabas. I don't know if that's... It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a man. He was an animatronic slave trader. Uh, is having sex with an animatronic uh, Viking still cheating? That's the question I would ask you, York. Uh, yeah, we, uh, it's very exciting uh, today. I was, up, I was hoping to go to the uh, match. I'm a York City supporter, as I'm sure everyone here is. And then they moved the game a little bit later. But I, t- I unusually decided to bet on the score, and I bet it would be 2-0 to York. Uh, and it was 2-0 to York, but uh, it was 2-0 to York pretty quickly, so I cashed out a bit too soon, losing. I, I lost £90. Pounds. I'm not going to bang on about it, just because I talked about it before we started as well. Uh, so uh, it is great to be in York. I have been to Leicester during uh, this tour, which I did reluctantly. They stole our bones. And I tried to get there. Tried to get the bones back from them. They wouldn't let me take the bones back. King Richard III's bones were not coming back. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till Gary Lineker dies, and then I'm uh, <laughs> then I'm going to bury him under the car park in Tanner Row, and uh, you know the one. Then <laughs> we'll use that as a bargaining chip. Uh, it's Richard of York, isn't it? It's not Richard of Leicester. Richard, there's a clue in his name. 
Can't do that with a rainbow, can you? Richard of Leicester gave battle in veins. Red, orange, lavender. It's not going to... Can't change. That's the people of Leicester. They want to unweave the rainbow. That's what they want to do. That's the cleverest Keats joke you're going to hear. <laughs> During today's show. Uh, let's see, I've seen if I've got any. I've got quite... A, I'll give you a couple of uh, York facts. Um, uh, Guy Fawkes went to school in York. Do you know that in St. Peter's School? He went... Uh, done the most damage to Parliament. That school done the most damage to par- Parliament until... For 400 years and then it's eaten now. Uh, so... <laughs> That's my one. That's, a, that's, that's enough jokes for you this week. We've had enough. Let's not go crazy. So, um, my guest this week, he's probably best known for two things. He's the second most famous comedian who supports York City. <laughs> and the level of the first most famous is quite low, so we don't need to get too excited. He's probably best known, though, and the why we're here tonight, because he played Seb McDonnell in Doctors, didn't he? That's why we, we love Doctors here, don't we, in New York? And that's why we've come. Will you please welcome David Reed, ladies and gentlemen? It's David Reed. Come in, sit down, make yourself at home. Ooh. Thank you. It's the first time I sat down in these chairs, they're quite tight. I'm not sure the beast will be able to sit in this chair. Uh, comfortably, we'll see. Uh, uh, ne- that's, that's for next week. We'll get new chairs for next week. <laughs> We've got plenty of time. So, hello, David. How are? You? Well, you're not very well. I'm not very well. No. Okay. I, thank I, you for coming in. Despite I know me. it's polite to say, "Oh, I'm doing brilliantly." Yeah. No, thank you. But I've been struggling with food poisoning for the entire day. <laughs> but I thought I'd brave it out here. Yeah. And hopefully, not add extra pyrotechnics to your podcast. I like. We'd be. We are filming it, so it would be quite good. You said it'd be quite good. Yeah. Well, as long as it's not me. So usually it's me who's got food poisoning or about to have it. So I'm delighted it's someone else. <laughs> oh, thanks, and, uh, Good luck. If you know, we, have we got a signal? We said we'd work out a signal if we need to. Um, <laughs> Maybe some well, we kind of use, we, yeah, winking that's, that's eye. Winking like eye. <laughs> do we need the winking with it? <laughs> not sure we do. Well, I hope we get through it, OK? What do you remember about uh, playing Seb McDonald in Doctor's? Um, <laughs> Seb McDonald in Doctors. Yeah, that was. I think Seb McDonald. Not McDonald. Yeah, I think he was called McDonald. No in it. I don't think so. I knew I'd played him wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was. I remember actually being quite excited because I'd not done drama before. Right. Was that your first that role? Was, I think. I, no, not technically. Right. I, I, I played. I played the comedian Peter Cook in yes, a drama. I was going to ask you. About so that. I wasn't sure if that was drama or comedy. Really. Right. Hard to tell. But, uh, no, Seb MacDonald, I was actually, it was called, I think it was called Ring of Truth, the episode. Okay. Well, it sounds like it could be quite apt for yeah. what you're going Yeah, and I, no um, problems. I, and I was playing opposite um, an actress from York, actually. Oh, yes. Uh, Twinnie Lee Moore, who's also a, who's also a country singer. Okay. And um, I, I proposed to her in the, the opening scene, and then uh, the same day her husband gets released from prison. <laughs> and then we bump into each okay. other in a pub, and yeah. he sees that my, uh, my lock screen on my phone is his wife. Wow. And we have a fight in a car park. Wow. Oh, good. It's quite a good episode. Yeah. And in the end, she throws both her engagement ring and her wedding ring down the drain. Wow. I'm just like, what a waste of money. <laughs> she was a nurse. She's not earning a lot. Okay. She could have pawned those. So she was the nurse at, at do, in the doctors. Uh, do you watch doctors, everyone, when you're, when you're off work? <laughs> or if you're retired. Some of you are retired. Or, you know, comedians. I watch it all the time. Uh, 
it's for, it's mostly for us. Then. Yeah. So you weren't didn't go into you, it wasn't because you've been beaten up that you went to the doctor's surgery. You were no. you were trying to. Bomb. I was a doctor. Oh, you were a doctor. I was a doctor. Okay. Yes. For oh, one episode. For one episode. <laughs> They've got a, a high turnover of yeah, doctors at their are. hospital. Yeah. Yeah. The woman from uh, Game of Thrones, Kalisti. Kalisti. Kalisti, was yeah. In that, whatever she's called. She was she? Yeah. Well, everyone's been in it. Didn't go on to be on Game of Thrones, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> Could have been you. I didn't. They put Kevin Eldon in it twice. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of people have done it twice. It's the, and it used to be the bill, the, the, if you were a little older, yeah. all that, every actor had been in the bill like four times. It's harder now because the bill doesn't exist. It is. It's really difficult game. Yeah. It's really a lot difficult. harder to get on. Um, let's talk about your acting. Let's, let's talk about your acting first, because you, you're a multi-talented uh, man and performer. Thank you. Uh, and uh, let's talk about the Peter Cook. So was the Peter Cook... You were playing opposite David Walliams. David Walliams was playing Frankie Howard, and, and I got cast as a young Peter Cook, who, in his story, seems to come in at the sort of end of his career. Right. And, and when uh, Frankie Howard thinks he's sort of done for you know nobody's interested anymore and yeah. says you know i'm a i'm a big fan uh why don't you come do my comedy club but um it was the weirdest job i've ever had because i was i was back home in my front room by 9 30 a.m having been just powered through this process right of going how do i play peter cook how do it like an absolute hero of mine yeah i guess i do a voice luckily my first line was hello i'm peter cook that helped <laughs> um and the director told me to play it nervous and because he's meeting his hero. So I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. um, hello, I'm Peter Cook. And, uh, and I got back home and was like, I've never seen Peter Cook nervous in my life. <laughs> well, that'll be shit. <laughs> and it was. Yeah, it, was it was rubbish. Well, what was David Williams like to, to work with? Did he, was he in Massive character? hands. Massive, Massive hands. hands. What, what, the first thing you think when you yeah. shake David Williams' hand is, they're like oars. <laughs> right. He should swim the channel. That's why you... <laughs> no, he was very nice. He was yeah. a very nice man. He was, he was uh, interested, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, made an effort, yeah. you know. And then went off to buy Heat magazine to read, like, the Argos catalogue of women. It was, um, <laughs> it was rather, rather strange. She's like, oh, I've not met her. Yes. Write that down. In my day, I was, you know, I, I was interested in women before my wife ruined that Were you? Me. Yeah, and... Okay. Uh, but I, I lunched with David Williams once, and even I thought, that's a bit much, mate. <laughs> I mean, like, have a sandwich and just stop for a second. It's lunchtime. Come mm. on, wait till the evening. <laughs> He's a devourer. Is that he what is, you're he saying? was a devourer of He's sandwiches. He's a devourer. Um, a nice guy. He's a lovely man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't had him on here yet. Oh. Have you asked? I haven't asked him, no. Oh, right, so, okay. uh, <laughs> but no, that's not to say I won't. No. He's very busy. I've heard he's busy. Yeah. Like, you're, not, you're not that busy. No, I'm not. You're not as, you're not as busy. I have become York's number one podcast guest. You have? I've only moved back uh, within the year. Yes. I've, I've done three already. Right. Because, yes, you were born and raised here. I was. And now you've moved back here with your, your new family. My new family, yeah. yes. Yes, I've not moved back here with my parents, <laughs> who are, I consider my old family. <laughs> Are they nearby your parents? They literally yeah. live next door to me. Yes. That's good. Yeah, that's that's why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good babysitting, right? That's it's, that's yeah. what no, that's, that's what that's it's why for. Done it. That's what it's for. Also, I like them. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, well, it's weird to say you like your parents. Weird to like them and move next door to them. That's weird. Is it? No. <laughs> 
How far away? My parents live a good, good distance oh, away, a good long distance. My in-laws live 15 minutes, so we've moved to Hertfordshire so for the right. same, similar reasons to you. Yes. But I would not... I love them. I would not like to live next door to my in-laws. I mean, that, that's a weird thing. No. But your wife presumably Yeah, does. it was her idea. <laughs> weird. Okay. Yeah. I can't understand that, no. Not at all. But no, it's, it seems to be working out. Yeah. What's so good about York... I mean, I'm from Pocklington, so I'm, I don't really like York that much. I'm sure. More, I'm more, <laughs> sure. The local derby. Yeah. York City I saw the Pocklington. I saw the Pocklington bus go by as I drove in. 46, I think, to Pocklington. Yeah. Thought I could just hop on that now and be, go back home like a salmon. Spawn. <laughs> spawn, yeah. spawn up in the town centre. <laughs> I presume there's like a statue to me and stuff there. You've not checked. I haven't. I haven't. I, don't, I wouldn't go back. You know. No. Got to move on. <laughs> well, um, I haven't. No. Um, I'm right back here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I. I don't know. I like. I like York. It's. Yeah. Um, I would have said until yesterday that the food's a lot better than when I grew right. up. <laughs> but um, don't go to. Oh, yeah. Never go to. Sorry, guys. Never go to. Never go to. No. Oof. There's a lot of. I think I might have had a food poisoning from. Yeah, not the same one. Well, it was, it's undeniable what it was because my wife and I had exactly the same food apart from a small plate of sausages that I decided <laughs> I definitely needed yeah. on the side, and she's vegetarian. Yeah. We've been up the entire night and day. Oh, God. So, <laughs> should close, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's good to get an, an ad in for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, we'll take a chance, go there after yeah. the show, play a bit of Russian roulette. That's it. Don't have the sausages. It's as simple as that. So become a vegetarian. Um, it is nice, York. Yeah. I like, I like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's got back. a minster, hasn't it? And it's it got, um, you know, it's got ke- three Harry Potter shops now. <laughs> despite having nothing to do with Harry Potter whatsoever. <laughs> it looks like Harry Potter was filmed here, and that's enough. That is enough. <laughs> that is enough. For a lot of people. I served J.K. Rowling uh, coffee once when wow. I lived in Edinburgh, okay. and she did not look me in the eye. Okay. So don't get her on. I won't. I have tried. Very to, small I, hands. I have tried to get. I've got small hands though, so I don't want a gigantic. I'm scared of Williams now. Because <laughs> what hands, would he would do with those hands? I think. I think your hand would fit in his palm. Yeah, I think yeah. you get four. But I think four of my hands in one of his hands. That's yeah. I reckon four of your hands. <laughs> yeah, my hands are really small. They're I've got the smallest. Small. They're the smallest hands in, in show business. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> is that on your pants? <laughs> that is. Including wee Jimmy Cranky, he's got bigger hands than this. <laughs> Including General Tom Thumb. I'm going back all the way. All the way. All the way. Um, <laughs> so, um, com- in comedy terms... Yes. Uh, you're possibly best known for being part of the Penny Dreadfuls... Possibly. ...sketch group. Yes. So that was you and Tom Tuck and Humphrey Kerr. Car. Spelt like the, I thought you were the saying, vehicle. Yeah, okay. Car. Well, that's no, not spelt like the vehicle. It's spelt like the curve. It's spelt like the curve, like but it's pronounced like the vehicle. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I apologise. That's him. all right. He lives <laughs> in LA. You can say what you like. I, about him. I, I do know that about him. So, how did you? You guys met at university? Yeah, we went to Edinburgh University together, and yeah. all basically uh, fell into comedy the same way everybody does by neglecting our degrees. And then, uh, when we graduated, by the skin of our teeth, we were like, we don't really want to stop doing this, so we just carried on. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know... What, what drew you to the... I mean, Tom's been a guest uh, in the Edinburgh Fringe podcast. We may have heard that one. Yes. Um, what drew you specifically to those two guys? So you do work very well together. You're a very similar... 
Well, you've got a, you've got a similar um, idea of what comedy should be, but not necessarily the same approach, I would say, necessarily. Didn't yeah, we're all quite different, yeah. I think. But, it, but like the same, laugh at the same things, yeah. I think. So, I, I don't know, there was a, there was a sort of... It, I, we, we found each other in an improvised comedy show in Edinburgh University called The Improverts and uh, met making each other laugh in a room. So that was sort of quite a nice introduction, really. Is and then it, the other I... people who I enjoyed making laugh were busy. Right. So... <laughs> can I ask about The Improverts? Yeah. Is it meant to be a pun on a perverts? That's right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> They've combined the word uh, improvisation I mean, with perverts. I mean, it doesn't quite work as a pun on perverts. I, I think it's, it's, an I odd think it's thing. a pun on, on introverts, okay, really. Okay, introverts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't invent it. No, I know. Yeah. But it's had some good people through it. You know, Miles Jupp was there when yeah. I, was, when I yeah. was there, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people who do uh, impro are never... Never, they're always extroverts. Is that true? Yeah. I don't know. I think people who are drawn to improvisation like rules. Yeah. That if they get the rules right, they are definitely funny. Yeah. And you can't deny that. There's a lot of bad impro, right? There's, yeah. There's a, a an ton enormous of bad amount. stuff. So the pro- I don't know if you've experienced improvisation at all. Uh, there was whose line is it anyway? Was the big show yeah. in the eighties and nineties? Um, but. There's, uh, basically, it's a bit like a cult where people come and they try improv for themselves. And they're like, this is brilliant. You're saying yes and to everybody and everyone's building together and it's all fun. And they immediately go out and start their own shows. And, and what I say to people is that I think, I think everyone should go uh, and dance. I think dancing is quite uh, therapeutic and good for people. I think, you know, go, go have a dance. You'll have a good time. I don't think everyone, after having one lesson, should charge others money to watch them dance. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the problem with improvisation, sadly. People get so excited. They just go, I'm a professional now. (laughs) So it's all shit. Um, And it it means that people go once and then go, "Mm, no, it's not for me. Yeah. Although the people who are good at it are... Really, I mean, they're yeah. ostentatious. I've had a couple yeah. of the guys from that show on, and they're they're incredible. I mean, there's some of the good, and and obviously, whose lines is it anyway? Yes. Tony Satrick yeah. did, did a show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony's in. He's in. Yeah, <laughs> he was waiting for his mention. He's practicing his woman's voice. <laughs> um, but you know, sort of all you know, all comedy is improvised at some yeah. stage. Sure. This, you know what we're doing now? Right. This is improvised. Yes. Uh, and admittedly, quite a lot of. Dead time, laugh wise. Sure, but, sure. But then, but it'll edit together. Well. It will be fantastic. Sure, we just do that one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so then, but then the 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 Penny Dreadfuls is a is a written. Yeah. it's always been a written thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we we did a, we did an Edinburgh show and then got a radio series off the back of that and then um, we got a second radio series and did another Edinburgh show and then Radio Four went. We hate you, <laughs> and uh, and basically said you you'll never work here again. You're not a Radio Four voice. Was the sentence really? we got, and so that's why everything we've done since has gone through the drama department. Okay, which is great because when you do uh, through the comedy department, they give you half an hour to write, and when you do it through drama, they give you an hour. Yeah, so it worked out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> So you're still doing, you do these sort of historically yeah. based, and you've you've had great, uh, you've had Richard E. Grant on, and he let you put it out. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So I don't know this. <laughs> he came on. He came on this. And he didn't, didn't let yeah, you put it out. Didn't, didn't let me put it out. Why? What did he I say? I mean, it's, a mystery, it's still a mystery to me. I was, I was hoping you could you could get to the bottom of it. No. He no. Didn't, it was love. It was one of the best interviews I've ever done. Right. 
Uh, I think that might have been his problem. Did you so sell good. him? Is that the problem? I was you just bit, didn't want that to happen. I mean, I'm always a little bit cheeky. Sure. But I, don't, I think he seemed to be enjoying the cheekiness. I, w- I just, I think I could have mentioned some of the, uh, the good things he's done. <laughs> but yeah. a, bit, a bit more heavily. But he seemed to enjoy sure. it. I don't think it was him. I hope it wasn't him. He seemed nice. He seemed nice when I yeah. worked with him. It yeah. was uh, him and Sally Hawkins were wow. on that play. So there's two Oscar nominees in yeah. that, that particular play. Um, but nev- none since. Uh, <laughs> and we haven't got any Oscars yet. Not yet. Not yet. Humphrey might get one. He might get one. Yeah. He, he lives over there. <laughs> That's, That's how it works. They chuck him um, Yeah, but uh, no, it's, we, it's been good. I've done nine of them now, and I'm yeah. writing the tenth one. And so you, you're now, you used to write them as a threesome. Yes. And now it's just you. It's just me. I yeah. had to edge the others out. It just wasn't <laughs> working. Um, it's, it's, uh, no, when, I mean... When you when you uh, are in a comedy double act or trio and you spend all of your time together and then you know it gets a bit like yeah. when, when two thirds of the the team are very very lazy it yes. gets incredibly frustrating yeah. <laughs> and so you go why don't you just stay at home yeah I'll, I've got this <laughs> and then they take you up on that offer yeah. and you go oh okay yeah I mean it's bad enough. I've been in a double act and that is bad enough <laughs> I was in a double act and two thirds of us were really lazy. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I know, I know the problem. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, because you also you work together for like, a, I mean, you're still working together, right? Yeah. Is, is well, that... I, well, what happens now is I I write another play and then yeah. we ship Humphrey over in like a special crate from LA, right. six foot seven, and and uh, he performs and then uh, he goes back again right. and he uh, loses money on the deal because it's because uh, <laughs> it's international flight compared with the the fees that Radio Four will pay. Yes, so. I can imagine. But it's very good of him to do that. It I is. think um, Tom's asleep outside the BBC anyway, and then it's <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's great. Let yeah. me ask you some emergency questions because I, right. I want to get these in. I'm going to ask you some. Oh, hello. I'm going to ask you some new ones. Um, uh, who is this? Is a, this is a one that's come up recently? Who is the most uh, famous or slash surprising person you've ever been in a lift with that you haven't got into the lift with? That you've got into a lift and they've been in. <laughs> well, hang on. So most I, famous or surprising person? They weren't with me. You couldn't walk in with them. Go. I was, but you encountered them in a lift. Okay. Uh, can I have two answers? Yeah, you can. Okay, one was Barry Cryer. Okay. Who I walked in and he was in the lift and yeah. he said, Hello, I'm old. <laughs> Which I thought was, that was quite nice. I think it's good when they talk. It's quite rare that when the person talks. Yeah. But it's that, those are the best ones. When they yeah, do. yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, Paxman was the other one. I've been in a lift with Paxman. Have you? Yeah. I, he just sort of loiters around the lobby. I think I he think. does. I've seen... I, the first three times I went to the BBC, yeah. uh, Paxman came out of the gents at the exact point I, <laughs> I walked up the stairs. Okay. I was like, how often... The, the maths on that is mind-boggling. Yeah. How often must he be in there for that to have happened three times in a row? That could be irritable bowel syndrome he's got. Could it be might, be. might be. I mean, I wouldn't want to diagnose and, him on a podcast. And but... then you got... <laughs> Then you got into a lift with him after the... Yeah, and then another time. Oh, the, another time. The, the doors opened and there was... Yeah, got into a lift. I touched him. his briefcase with one of my hands. He, really? He didn't see. It was one of, one of the first episodes of Fist of Fun, that's what I say, and it's completely true. I was all... I had to play the... I, you know, I was played the excited Ivan at the BBC character, which I was... That's who I was. Right. Uh, and that happened, and I went, I touched his briefcase with one of my hands, and he never saw. Um, <laughs> I'm glad he's still going around in lifts for, yeah. the new, for the next generation of comedians <laughs> to be excited about. I've not seen him with a briefcase these no. days, though. No. no. He's given that up. He has. Yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not doing as much as he just as a university challenge now, hasn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just, it's sad. He doesn't have any briefs anymore. No. No. <laughs> Um, that wasn't a pants joke, by the way. <laughs> no, okay. Literally what a briefcase is for, okay. right? Yeah. It, it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, this is another question that came out uh, that has never been asked. Who is the most famous person you've asked to dance? Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever asked anyone to dance in I my am, life. Really? Yeah. Do you want to... No. What no. if they say no? Has anyone <laughs> asked you to dance? Um, yeah. Who? No one famous. Oh. No one. For, no, I mean, when does that happen? I don't when know. When Davy Johns like got asked to dance or asked someone to dance, like Isabella Gellini or whatever. <laughs> so famous, you don't even know who she is. <laughs> Isabella Johns. No, I don't Do think mean, it was even there. Let me have a look back. Isabella Rossellini. <laughs> Let me have a look back. I never asked him about it, uh, but I thought that would be a good emergency question. I was wrong. You know, I'll, I'll take. I'll take the hit on that one. Has anyone? He was. He was in a lift with Woody Allen. That's good. After, but they'd just been in the toilet. Sorry to people at home. Uh, who had the, they'd just been in the toilet in next cubicles to each other, but sure. David Johns wasn't sure. But uh, the, he was making a lot of noise. And then when, Woody, when Davey got off the lift, yeah. Woody Allen says, I heard you laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that isn't true, but it's a great story. It's a great story. Um, I'll ask you this question. If you could have any one item from any art gallery or museum and take it home and own it in the world, the, all the art galleries and museums of the world say we're going to give David one chance to take one thing home and it's his. Yeah. What one art piece of art or thing in a museum? It doesn't have to be expensive. Well, it's not art. It could just it be could like be, yeah, it could be the just... security guard in the corner. <laughs> it could be that. <laughs> but it could be like a museum that doesn't have art in it, like you know, an artifact from the history or... I'd quite like to take the, uh, the glass pyramid from the Louvre so that everything yeah. gets wet. <laughs> Except you, you'd be dry. I'd be fine. You'd be dry under your glass pyramid. I'd be sat on my sofa under it. <laughs> With my TV inside, I think, rather yeah. than the other... There'd be quite a lot of distortion otherwise. Yeah, I think yeah. it would need to be inside. People would, yeah. That'd be nice. I don't know if people would be able to see in to see you. No, I've, I've taken it back home. I've not... Yeah. I've not just moved it sideways and okay. then just set up shop in their courtyard. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, all right, back, back to you. Um, back to you. Yeah. Uh, you've, you're doing a lot of... Let's talk about the podcast, because you've, you've, you've embraced the world of podcasts, which I... You been know, forced to, Richard. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, you probably understand I this, do but understand. when the, the phone doesn't ring anymore... Yeah. Pick up the podcast recording But equipment. you're doing... You're, a lot of people don't really use the medium, I don't think, in, in a very interesting way. And you're, you're doing a variety of different things with, with podcasts. So you've done... Um, you did one about films. Yes. Film and Dango, you did, what is the new one? The Fear podcast is this with you? That's and not mine. That's okay. Sarah Morgan's. But oh, is I, okay. Because I live in York, I am now a guest on that okay. when she's here next week. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, uh, and you also, of course, do Inside the Comedian. Yes. Which is a one. sort of parody of this. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, which you claim is beyond parody. Yeah. It's, it's not, not really parody. this. It's no. not really this. It, inside the comedian, I interview uh, comedians earnestly about their careers, but they're yeah. not allowed to tell the truth. So uh, we have to just talk a load of old shit for the entire thing. Yeah. And it's, it's, you've done it. It's, I've done it. It's, it's good fun. It, well, it's, an impr- it's a sort of improvised it comedy is. show. 
Uh, and it is, it is fun to do, though listening to them, it feels to me sometimes the guests are unclear about what they're meant to be doing. I couldn't have been clearer with my guests. <laughs> Everything, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I couldn't be clearer. Just like, we're just talking a load... Of, you know talking crap, like, just when you sort yeah. of just talk rubbish. We're doing that. And they're like, OK, OK. And then they just tell me about their lives. <laughs> I was like, that's not... But it's quite... It is a difficult thing. I mean, because you do so... I guess, as a comedian you end up doing a lot of these interview shows where you do talk about yourself. Yeah. And so uh, it's easy to sort of fall back. It's in front of an audience, your show as well, which, again, is quite unusual, I think, for these interview shows. Yeah. Um, I think that's what sets this apart from quite a lot of the other ones, is the audience is a big part of it, and I think it's true in yours as well. But, But the problem is if people are trying to be entertaining... And if they're improvising something and it's not working, then it's then I feel they want to. Fall they immediately back. know. Yeah, they want to fall back on something that they that they yeah. know is real. Yeah, but it's 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 worked so far. I yeah. mean, no, it's really. I mean, it's it's very good. Somebody t- somebody told me that uh, what people really want in an interview format is for people to be emotionally uh, genuine, and I I was like. Oh, <laughs> I seem to have, seem to have steered well clear of yeah. that that by the entire format of the show, really. But that's good because there are way too many podcasts well, that of was... people talking to each other. I mean, it's a crap idea, right? Just two people. Well, it's cheap, isn't it? It's that's cheap. It's I mean, it's cheap in every sense. Yeah, artistically you cheap. You just need microphones. The venues often yeah. have already. You just yeah. need two chairs, and often the host is just relying on the guest being a funny person. He can just right. sit back and relax. And Yeah, and sometimes... Well, that's certainly what I do. <laughs> so I just go, tell me, tell me a monologue about your life. I'll just sit here. Um, but sometimes the guests have had food poisoning, and yes. so that doesn't always work. <laughs> it does make it much more difficult. A lot more difficult. difficult. Yeah. You know, I'm smiling a lot, but I'm dead inside, so that's not... <laughs> Has there been any uh, incidents? We're fine at the moment. Okay, yeah, we're absolutely fine. Because John Parkin's got to sit in that chair next week. And... <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, to be honest, so many of his stories are going to involve shit that I think he deserves it. <laughs> at least he'll have one more to add to his cavalcade of scatological uh, reminiscences. <laughs> it's going to be good. I can tell you that much. Um, I mean, Karaoke Circus wasn't yeah. a podcast, but, that's, no. but that, again, was a kind of inventive use of a theatrical format. Sure. Uh, you were the drummer in Karaoke Circus. Yeah, so this is, a, this is a live band karaoke night where comedians would be invited to come sing songs and then uh, members of the audience could sign up as well. But we would often have a 24-piece orchestra as yeah. well. Um, and so it's a live band, 24-piece orchestra, string section, brass, you know, a harp often, grand <laughs> piano, and then some drunken fool will just come up <laughs> and murder... Uh, uh, an absolutely beautiful sound. Yes. And that was part of the joy of it, really. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, a lady's version of fever will haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> she seemed to have no understanding of rhythm or timing. <laughs> Just was reading the lyrics out, like okay. uh, one, of the my, one of the rats from the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, that reference? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. yeah. Whoopi Goldberg would teach the rats how to do music. Yes. Remember that? No. Yeah. No, no anyway. maybe it's I'm very Google niche. It. Google yeah. it. Okay, we will. That's that's very much what my podcast is is for. Uh, and your wife plays the bass. She it, does. We did you meet doing karaoke circles? Have you met? Are you, are you, were you together? And then you, your so, wife said, "Come." Well, your girlfriend at the time said, "Come on in, drum in karaoke circus." No. So what happened was we um, we'd met as comedians because she's a stand-up comedian and writer as well. Yeah. And and then uh, so we knew each other. And then we got together after our first gig of doing karaoke wow. circus. 
And then after our 10-year anniversary gig, uh, we got married, which was very nice. Yeah. And none of the other members of the band came <laughs> to the wedding. It was very weird. Right. It was very weird. Um, it was, they, you know, you always have a couple of no-shows, and it, yeah. was, it was them. Right. I, I can't explain it. I don't well, have a story I mean, behind it. We hadn't wronged them in any way. They might have been jealous. Maybe, maybe, they, they, maybe thought, they were hoping for you or Danielle, one way or the other. Maybe. And then you two ruined the... It's, you know, it's bad when, when John and Paul and the Beatles got off with each other. That ruined the Beatles, didn't it? Sure. So it, that really destroyed sure, the that's Beatles. What, that's what people always attribute it to. <laughs> yes. As soon as they started going out. <laughs> and you did it on day one. And then yeah. day one and then, oh, we got into, we've got into someone's fuck fest. Yeah. That wasn't what we did this for. But we will carry on for the next ten years. Yeah, we're now spectators <laughs> on, this, on this sort of So who, did, what was the, who were the sort of most surprising guests you had on that? Because you did have big name people who ended up doing, doing that. Yeah, who we had on. Um, uh, Tim Minchin's done it. Wow. And, um, uh, a, a winner of MasterChef. We had <laughs> he was very good, actually. I don't. It, uh, his name was Tim as well. I think. Okay. Mostly Tim. It's good to have Tim's. <laughs> mostly Tim. Who was the worst? Oh, that was you, Rich. Was it that me? Was definitely. Rich. No, I was, no. You I, weren't did, good. I thought uh, you were quite good. Did you do the Clash? I did uh, Orgasm Addict by the Buzzcocks. That's right. or by Buzzcocks. If I'm going to be pedantic, uh, and note that in there. Uh, and I also did, uh, in Edinburgh, I attempted to do This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us by uh, Sparks. Yes. Because I had a Hitler moustache. That's right. And it's a really hard song. Yeah. Really hard song. And I think I also did uh, Down in the Tube Station at Midnight by The Jam as well. Which That's I was, right. I did better at, but then the lyric sheet was wrong, and I knew it in my head, and it confused because the lyric sheet was wrong, and then it went wrong. But my, the, I, you kind I, of wish you were there, don't you? I did. My favourite thing was seeing Andrew Collins do one and really destroy it. And then I was <laughs> laughing. And then Michael. Then I did Sparks, and Michael Egg said. And then we, they all laughed at me as I did it. Really <laughs> so it's one of those things. Isn't it? I mean, it's karaoke, though. Yeah, that is karaoke in its essence, isn't it? It is. If you're too good, then people hate you. Yeah, you've got to be slightly <laughs> shit. I think. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about a couple of your other acting roles. Yeah, uh, you were in Endeavour. Yes. The Morse prequel is that. That's right. It's I didn't in the see extended this. Morse universe yeah. of uh, Morse, Lewis, and Endeavour. Yeah. Uh, I play the television presenter Julian Calendar. <laughs> <laughs> is this show I called... didn't pick it the name <laughs> myself. <laughs> I, just thought, I just auditioned to play yeah. him. Um, but I'm in a couple of episodes of that, of that so yeah. he, he crops up again. And I, I've pressured the writer to. Uh, to Put me in again, but okay. as some sort of horrible BBC sexual predator. <laughs> so he's been hiding in plain sight the <laughs> yeah, entire time. Yeah. I thought that would be. I thought that would be. Oh, so be the kind of criminal of that week. Yeah, I yeah. thought that would be. That would be fun. But it's all set in the past, right? So they, yeah. they just would wave you through. That's true. <laughs> okay. Morse would go. Yeah, come on. That's not a. It's fine. That's not really a crime, is it? If you're famous. No. <laughs> he knows Princess Anne. <laughs> I don't know someone else who knows Princess Anne, but we're going to talk about him more next week. So um, <laughs> we'll wait till next week to talk about that. Um, and, uh, <laughs> oh, and SSGB, which was a book I really liked, because that's an exciting sure. idea, SSGB. It's an exciting idea. My experiences on SSGB were not fantastic. No. So I played a journalist uh, who uh, interviewed Sam Riley uh, as he's walking into a building. Right. Um, and my, I had one line, and it was shit. Okay. So it was, it was something along the... It was setting up 
uh, exposition, plot exposition with a question mark at the end. It wasn't even a question. <laughs> and I was like, when I was doing it, I was like, this is going to get cut. I know this is, is going to get cut. And, but then I got a call and the director uh, called me in to do ADR, which is additional dialogue recording, where you, you, as soon as they see the back of your head, you can say words you didn't say on the day or whatever. And he brought me in to uh, cut around me being in it. <laughs> so my voice is in it and the back of my head is in it, but okay. I, my face is not in, a, in oh. SSGB at all. I, I, remember, I read SSGB when I was about 13 years old on, on holiday in France. Right. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's the idea that the Nazis are in control of Britain. I mean, yeah. that's an impossible thing. Impossible. To, it's an impossible thing to imagine. <laughs> but a nice idea. Am I in the book? Uh, yeah. A journalist arrived. There's a journalist in the book. I couldn't quite back. make out his face. <laughs> Good fedora, though. <laughs> Lovely fedora he had on him. So what's, uh, what of your acting roles is your favourite? Is, is it one we've mentioned? You've done, you've done a fair few. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, you, as, when you get into that, uh, it's uh, another guy uh, who's is uh, now just blanked on his name. I know his name. Uh, is um, Lucy Porter's husband, who we all know is Justin, Justin Edwards. We all know Justin Edwards. Yeah. He's a very good friend. Very good friend of yours. And I lived in Edinburgh with him for four years. So obviously I know... <laughs> I know. I don't need you to tell me his no, name, his, David, so no. don't fucking jump in with that. I'm sorry. And make me look like a cunt. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> He started out, you know, he started out doing lots of tiny, tiny little yeah. roles. And you'd see him in films every now and again in these tiny little roles. And yes. then suddenly now he's doing quite big roles. Yeah, he, he's, now, he's now, he's now, you know, he's, really he's, an actor. Yeah, he, he was exactly that. You, yeah. Sort of day players kind of yeah. thing. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of Justin, but he was, um, he's in Thor 2 when <laughs> as there's a policeman. And yeah. he goes, excuse me, you can't. And then Natalie Portman blasts him over a car. <laughs> yeah. And you never see him again. That's yeah. it. <laughs> This gets killed by her. Yeah. But her character is a murderer in those films, and we need to remember that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, exactly. That's it. You, you do a lot of these sort of, like, yeah. r- pretty thankless roles. I'm, the thing I've been recognised for the most, and people have asked me about the most, is being on episodes of Twirly Woos. Right, yes, I've seen you. <laughs> yeah. I'd forgotten I've seen you on that. Well, yeah. because people are forced by their children to yeah. watch them over and over and over again. Um, yeah, I mean... I'm, Five episodes of Twirly yeah. Woos? Say some of the things you had to do in Twirly Woos. I've definitely seen you do one. So, uh, one, I have to jump over puddles. Yeah. That was the, the most physically demanding how, acting how role many, I've ever had. How much preparation did you do that in terms of researching your character? Well, yeah, no, I did. I, I, I method acted yeah. that one. And, <laughs> and jumped over puddles for a good four months before the yeah. shoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I had to uh, wave a rattle at a baby. Okay, yeah. yeah. That might it was worse. my baby, I think, in the story. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, not, not in reality. No, no, I didn't have a baby at the time. No. They had two babies on set, just right. in case one of them couldn't act. And... <laughs> was there another guy as well, just in case you couldn't act? No. <laughs> no, they trusted me. They trusted me. With a rattle. <laughs> they could always have got a stagehand to just put his hand up into frame as well and do it for me, if I was struggling with it, I think. But the first baby absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Like, adorable, laughing, giggling. And then they brought in the second baby, and they were like, oh, the mum's here. We'll (laughs) we'll shoot it all again, but we know we've got it. (laughs) And her baby just cried. Oh, man. Yeah. That's show business. That is show business. business. 
Oh man, it's well again. Miles Jupp started out on uh, Balamori. Balamori, that's it. Yeah, yeah. He, we were at university together at the yeah. time, and he took a year out so that he could buy a house off his Balamori money. Basically, <laughs> just did just yeah. He was doing a what, divinity degree or something. Yeah, and he yeah just took a year out just to play a, an eccentric uh, inventor. Yeah, on a, on an island, and that buys you a house apparently. Yeah, it's quite nice. Did you get did you get a house out of the Twirly Woos? Absolutely money? not. No, no, no. No, it's a buyout, as they right. call it. So yeah. you, when they repeat it, you don't get anything. Wow, and they repeat it a they repeat lot. They repeat it a lot, yeah. Repeat Generations it. of kids. But have I got up to there. meet the Twirly Woos, yes. so that was nice. <laughs> you do get to meet them. Yeah, they're, 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 they're on set. They are there on set. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> and what was film Fandango? We did, we did, we did. So I jumped, leapt over that. That was a podcast that you did out of a radio show, right? About yeah. So it was on Absolute Radio at yeah. first, and then and then we took it independent. But that was doing um, talking about films, uh, old and new. So we would basically do a new release and a, and something someone had recommended to us, and we did that weekly for six years, and it's all still up online somewhere. So you're watching like a couple of films a, a yeah. Week. Which now that I've got a daughter, I've watched one film in the last. Two years, right. possibly. Yeah, I it's think. difficult with that first. Although, and sometimes in that first year, you end up watching like loads of TV. Oh, in the mornings, yeah. when you, yeah, yeah. Well, or just like, well, it just depends how well they're sleeping, I suppose. We, did did your I, sleep? Our first one was the first one. Oh, I can't really remember, but I think it feels like <laughs> it I, sounds like uh, she didn't. <laughs> it feels like she slept quite quickly. Right. Whereas my second, since we've had two. Uh, that's why I can't remember anything. Sure. Because I haven't slept for two years. No. When uh, do you get to sleep again? I, I don't know. No, you can have a kip now if I you I might want. do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shit yourself, I'll have I a sleep. We'll see how that goes. It'll be like a podcast waiting for Godot sort of thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Sounds quite good. But, that's sort of what Beckett would do if he was... Uh, and so that, that's, that's finished, though? Yeah, we, we finished that when we, uh, when we got pregnant, basically, because yeah. we knew we wouldn't have any time to... I did yeah. this podcast originally with my wife and then with a, a, a comedian called Marek Larwood oh, for God. four years. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, and so we just were we're not going to be able to watch films anymore. But I, I, I got to interview sort of A-list celebrities and everything. Did you? Yeah, because it's through Absolute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know... I mean, uh, that's what I want, ideally, but, you know, I've got the bloke off twirly woos right. for now. <laughs> right. <laughs> We should have more famous friends. Yeah, you know? I should. <laughs> I've had, I did have I a interviewed few. Sean Bean about did it. Did you? He was very nice. Wow. Um, about a film called Clear, Clear Skin, I think it was called. It was about a terrorist. God, do you know, there's a lot of shit films, aren't there? Yeah, there's a lot of shit films. I mean, there's a lot of films that just disappear. That's, especially when you interview uh, British actors. Yeah. You find out about a lot of films that you never even knew existed. Sure. That, you know, that do exist. Yeah. That you could watch if you wanted to. <laughs> right. They're still out there. I don't, I don't ever watch them. No. But uh, it's incredible. Clear Skin. I don't I think it was that. called Clear Skin. Right. I think a Clear Skin is so, someone with no previous convictions okay. of any kind, so they don't... Yeah, appear on their sense. radar, you know. I don't think it was about a sort of clear seal based <laughs> detective. <laughs> that would have been good, though. I it think I might have done good. better. Like but a teenage detective yeah. who's hampered by his spots. Played by John Bean in his 60s. <laughs> they can do a lot with... Uh, CGI. I, I don't think they had the budget for that. I think it would have been more sellotape around the back of the face. Um, but he was very sweet. Um, yeah. He... He asked me where I was from, and I said, I'm from York. And yeah. he said, um, oh, I've got a, f- a friend from York, Mark yeah, Addy. Do you Mark know Addy. him? Yeah. I was like, no, we don't all know each other. 
I do now know him. Though, yeah. So <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Mark it was Addison. nice. Yeah. Met Johnny Depp. He was very nice. Wow, cool. He was in a very dark room. Okay, so good. it might not have been him. Okay, I thought you were going to say he was in a very dark place, which I thought you know we could have gotten into something interesting. Sure, I'm sure he has been in some dark places. I'm sure. Do he insist on being in a dark room? He might do. Well, he's he's doing six minute interviews. Yeah. All day, so I imagine he just. I don't know. I don't know. He just. He, it was a very dark. It was you know. See, that's the thing. His like, people had made it dark. But becoming like an actor of that. Le- it's an interesting thing because as an actor. You're striving towards that. Would be to become Johnny Depp would be quite a, an achievement. Sure, you know, it literally becoming would be amazing. Well, but I, to I, be a bizarre, <laughs> a bizarre thing to wake up to. <laughs> Could be a film in itself, but to get to that level is what you want. And yet, you know, is he happy? And you have to do all this shit of travelling around, doing, doing exactly yeah. doing those awful junket things yeah. that we've all seen in uh, Love Actually, sure, or whichever one it was. <laughs> Uh, was it Love Actually or was it, uh, it was Notting, Notting Hill? Hill. Notting, Hill. It was Notting Hill. And I bet they're not as fun as the ones in Notting Hill. But you don't get Hugh Grant coming in every now and again pretending he's. He didn't come in once did in he? my entire time <laughs> no. doing them. No. Uh, Emma so... Bunton did. I oh, found really? that weird. <laughs> Emma Bunton was doing the interviewing for some radio show or oh, whatever. Yeah, she... And so was interviewing people genuinely less famous than <laughs> Emma Bunton. <laughs> Which was very odd. That is weird. I thought she was just sat in the green room. But, you know, it's, I think it's, it's an odd thing with acting because it's, I mean, it's, you know, because we're both writers as well, both yeah. comedians as well, performers as well. But it's that idea of a, striving to get somewhere with a job you have no real control over. And if you become successful, you sort of don't even really get that much. You end up doing, having to do a lot of terrible films. Right. And a lot of terrible PR for terrible films. You have yeah. to pretend you like them. It sounds terrible. We should just stick with what we do. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm turn Hollywood down now. I've decided <laughs> when they come knocking, yeah. uh, looking for a perverted postman. The pervert, <laughs> when they make that film. I'm, Didn't I'm uh, Kevin Costner make that film? <laughs> <laughs> he did, didn't he? Maybe that was did. based on yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> based on my life. The postman. Based on me playing perverted postman. Yeah. 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 I think it was. Good work. Yeah. Good work. Good. I'm going to ask you an emergency question because there, right. there was a little pause. That's what they're for. How are we doing? How's the, how, everything all right? Yeah, we're all fine. It's, it's Dr. Theatre, isn't it? That it's is. Just a, I did a gig once where I, was lit, I had food poisoning so bad that I would, before I, I'd, A, I'd been puking and shitting myself like properly, like minutes before I went on. Sure. I was lying on the floor like that before I went on and then uh, came on, did 10 minutes, absolutely fine, came off straight back down again. <laughs> I don't think I could have done an hour. No. Uh, well, how long have we done? Uh, we have done. We've done a fair amount. We've done, you know, we, you know, we could. We've nearly con- contractually okay. obliged. You can, oh, you brilliant! Could, you could end. That's all I'm aiming yeah, for. Just... <laughs> you get. You still get paid. Oh, great! You get paid ninety percent of your fee if we ended it now. Oh, okay. Um, but I'll ask you some emergency questions. I'll go from the early in the book because people uh, like these. Um, What's wrong with the later pages of the Well, book? no, nothing. It's just I don't really do the early ones anymore, but I come out on tour, you know, and it's like... People, people want the greatest they, hits. They want the hits. Yeah. So I don't do them in London, where, you know, where I have a more sophisticated audience. <laughs> <laughs> of cunts, right? Am I right? <laughs> uh, have you ever seen a ghost, David Reed? You live in the most haunted uh, city in Europe. I want you to know that. 
in Europe. So if you, if you Where's have... the more haunted city on another continent? I don't know. The, uh, all I know is that that is the statistic okay. that I have. I... York is the most haunted city. Okay, I was doing karaoke circus at the 100 Club on okay. Oxford, uh, Oxford Street. And uh, I went into what they had, a tiny little backstage green room area. And uh, there was a, a chair store cupboard was like one door wide but then went right back into the darkness like a long corridor yeah. thing where they would just stack the chest and out of the corner of my eye i saw a uh, almost skeletally thin woman dressed in sort of white like uh, strandy dress yeah muttering to herself in the corner uh, counting a rosary bead i was like fucking hell <laughs> and then i took a second look and it was Bridget Christie who was nervous about doing Kate Bush. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only time I thought, yeah. and it was for a split second, I, mean, I thought I'd seen a ghost. Bridget Christie might be a ghost. She might be a ghost. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Yeah. But, you know, she held the microphone later that <laughs> evening, so I don't know if they can Some do that. Some ghosts can probably do that. They I don't can know. probably do it. Okay, I'll ask you another... I'll ask you this question, David. I'll ask okay. this one. I'm not going to ask this one to John Parkin. Well, the theory, he'll punch me in the face. <laughs> And I know the answer for John Parkin. <laughs> I think I know what's coming. Have you ever tried to suck your own cock? Yeah, that, that is what they want, That's isn't what it? they wanted. They'll go home I'm... happy now, regardless of what else happens. Even if you don't shit yourself, they'll still go home happy. I, I genuinely had a, had a think about this yes. before, before coming out. To go, do I, did I, have I... And you know what? I think I've sort of looked at the, uh, <laughs> the mechanics of it yeah. and not even bothered trying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you want to give it a go tonight? Uh, not this, really. this night, this could be. <laughs> not the moment just so uh, just stretch out, so loose already. Yeah. I think that would be that would be a mistake. Okay. Could be. Could be a mate. Could be a for that reason and that theater. reason alone, it would be a mistake. Okay. That's what <laughs> uh, and we'll go. What about? Um, I mean, you know, you can answer this how, how you want. I, I sometimes don't answer the, ask the full, full question because the answer is obvious. Would you rather have a tit that dispenses talcum powder? Mm. See, people in London don't do that. That's no. what I'm saying. No, they or <laughs> they're just more, they're just, they're just more sophisticated and, and deader as a result. Yeah. I like the joy that these people get yeah. out of a man saying a thing they know he was going to say. These people are having an evening out. <laughs> having a great time. I mean, I've been out on the streets of York tonight and you're safer in here than you are out there. Oh. It's, uh, yeah. so I've never seen as many hen nights in one place. Yeah, they, in my life. They're all from Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. If you go to Newcastle uh, on a Saturday night, it's empty. Right. They're all here. Yeah. Would you rather have a tip that dispenses talcum powder or don't jump in and say yes yet? Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> this might be better, and it is. A finger that can travel through time. Well, obviously the finger that can travel okay, through so time. Okay, so my subsidiary question is, what would you do if you had a finger that could travel through time, but only the finger? Only the finger. Am I aware where it is? Yes, you can see, and you can chew. You're saying, right, the thing that makes you go... Finger, travel to blah, blah, blah. Wherever it is. 1066. Yeah, the Battle of Hastings. Yeah. Or into the future. Or into the... You can do the present. Not many people choose it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you could do the present somewhere else. Sure. Because I'm not saying you have to be in, you know... The, the, the finger travels in time and space, which you would have to, because the Earth has moved a long way since... 
Otherwise, 66. Your, your, your power universe. is to get a very cold finger. Yeah, <laughs> frozen off. <laughs> I wish I had the talcum powder. <laughs> what would you if you if if the finger tri- didn't go into space but yeah. travelled in time and space? Travelled in time and space. What would you do with that finger, that ability? Well. Could I, could I avert assassinations by tapping people on the shoulder just yeah. at the right, the right moment? Yes, I think you could. Could I do that? You just n- nudge the gun. Nudge the, oh, that's, that's yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot somebody else. That's what, <laughs> that's what you want. Just nudge it to... Another innocent bystander was killed today in the presence of an American president. You could put your finger up the barrel. That's not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> that is just going to obliterate my finger, isn't it? Probably. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a firearms guy, but no. I'm pretty sure if you, if you put your finger up the barrel of a gun, okay. the bullet doesn't just bounce back. I reckon if you wet the end of your finger and put it in someone's ear, that would stop them firing a gun. If that just happened, you were just about to fire a gun, and then you're like, ah! yeah. I think that would give enough time for the person who is about to be assassinated but not to be assassinated. What an awesome responsibility. I mean, yeah. what if by changing the course of history, by, you know, JFK isn't assassinated yeah. or whoever, then things are even worse. Yeah. Then I have to try and undo everything I've done with only a finger. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a once, one-time deal, so I think you've screwed it Oh, really? I've screwed it all up. Yeah, I mean, you won't exist. If you, if, you, if you save JFK, enough will change in history that David Reed does not exist. Exist, and that's it, done. Yeah. God. I so think... therefore you would then not exist and then JFK would be assassinated, so you'd be fine, and so on. And so on, and round we go. I won't, because everyone talks about going back and killing baby Hitler, right? That's sure. the obvious thing to do with this power. You think I... a finger's enough to kill a baby? <laughs> I think it is, if you stuff it I'm sure it would be. I've not tried, but I'm sure it would be. Um... Do you have the full force of your arm attached <laughs> yeah, to the finger? Yeah, that... well, yeah, up to an extent. That's... It's not just sort of... The power to wiggle, that's not all you got. No, you can, you can you, push. You can, you, yeah. can shove. I think you can shove. You can shove it. If it wasn't just the finger, I, has anyone ever done going back in time and saving Jesus from being crucified? Because <laughs> be, I think that would be a really... I want to write a film about that. I just had that idea the other day, but someone must... Because that would be Jesus would be going, no, no, don't. I need to do this. I need to do this. This is, this is sort of my entire thing. <laughs> Go, but Jesus, you're the best person who ever lived. I want to save you so you can do some more miracles. No, no. let me back on there. I've said everything I want to say. <laughs> I've got nothing left. You're only 33, There's no second Jesus. album. You're only 33. There's more to come. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's ever thought of that. Because they, well, even going back and saving Jesus, the historical figure of Jesus. Right. But then if he never existed, if he didn't die then Christianity wouldn't exist. I, I mean, arguably, it still would have done. No, it wouldn't. It would, yeah, because, I mean, I, there might be Christians in this room, and I don't really want to offend them by getting into all of this, but I looked I want in, to offend them. I, okay. <laughs> I looked into this once for yeah. a play. I wanted to write a play called The Incredible Jesus. And yeah. the, entire, the idea was that he became the first sort of... Uh, uh, the first big illusion. Sort so of you don't want to offend any Christians, right. but you're going to tell a much more offensive idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. But I looked into what we do know about the man that is true that we could, I could then, you know, extrapolate from, and the yeah. answer is absolutely nothing. <laughs> there's no, I think no evidence the man existed at all. Uh, I think there's enough evidence he probably existed, or someone. Someone existed. Someone, I think there's enough someone evidence existed someone around existed. Time. Around that time, there was a bloke. I'd put money on that. <laughs> he lived, probably born in Bethlehem, probably lived around there, probably sure. had a beard. Probably. So, yeah. I think if Jesus hadn't died, yeah. then Christianity wouldn't exist. Paul is all about him, the, the death. Sure. That's, and that Paul basically created Christianity. He, he monetized it, didn't he? I don't he think he made Jesus, the merch. Jesus wasn't that interested in 
being a Christian. No. He was really... <laughs> it didn't exist at the time. He was really solidly, like, Jewish. Right. He was right. full-on Jewish. Uh, he was a bit annoyed about some of the, the Pharisees and stuff. Sure. But he wasn't trying to stop it. He was just trying to make them think again about what they were doing. Right. Which, if you were trying to create a new religion, why would you bother with that? Go, ah, don't worry, Pharisees. You're, you're out. I'm here now. Right. You're redundant. So it's Paul who created it. So I think if Jesus had survived, there'd be no Christianity. And then what, what would the world be then, David, well, it'd be without just, Christianity? It'd just be a horror show, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can say what you like about Christianity, and Thank it's you. done a lot. Thank you. <laughs> it's, done, it's done a lot of terrible things. Yeah. Um, but it's done a couple of good things as well. Uh, Cliff Richard? Yeah. <laughs> Arguably. Yeah. Uh, Christmas pudding? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, those are the main two. <laughs> Out of all the things at Christmas, the pudding. That's the, that's the, the pudding. best. That's the best bit for yeah. you. Yeah. I think people would have given each other gifts anyway. Yeah, maybe. You know, I asked the Archbishop of York to be a guest on this show. Really? That was one of his questions. So uh, it's, uh, I gave I had one a question. I had a few questions. Would you have asked him if he's ever tried to suck his own cock? <laughs> <laughs> I might ask if Jesus had ever tried to do it. Because I have respect for the Archbishop of York. <laughs> weird that he turned it down. So it's, um, it's weird. I think he was busy. Yeah. They replied. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What did they say? They said no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've looked into you. No, clearly he's not going to... I like him, old uh, John. Yeah? What do you like about him? <laughs> he seems like a good guy. He's a good guy, yeah. He's been here for a while, hasn't he? Up at York. Yeah, yeah. The old York... The old Archbishop. York. <laughs> in the face. The old Archbishop Rick of York. Yeah, 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 yeah. John Samantu. Sem, sem, uh, is that his name? <laughs> Samantu. I probably would have learnt his name if he was a guest. <laughs> uh, I'm always picking up his uh, his cast offs as yeah, well. Yeah. People try and book him, and then he says no, and then I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did quite like the idea of him and John Parkin being on the same show. <laughs> You've never considered sort of Graham Nortoning it and just having a big sofa that people sort of <laughs> slowly pile up down. on so they yeah. can join in yeah. with each other. So. It would be good. Be so nice. uh, you're a York City supporter. I, I mean, I'm not as, I'm not as uh, hardcore as, as you are. Yeah, you know? I'm not I, that hardcore. I, I Googled them to see how they're doing every now and again, yeah. like a sort of worried mother. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I, you know, I, I, I've been to some games. Yeah. yeah. I've been yeah. to some games. I'm not, you know, I don't really like football. Don't tell John Parkins sure. this. Because he'll beat me up. <laughs> I'm very worried about being beaten in the next podcast. <laughs> uh, but, because, uh, you know, you can't be cheeky to a man who was called the Beast. You can't. That is, that is the whole, his whole modus operandi. So I'll have to be very respectful to him. I'm getting it all out now. Um, but no, you know, it's, 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 it's been a terrible time, hasn't it, for York City? Any supporters in? They're all at the game. All uh, the game. I mean, this season's been good, but it's been an awful time. Yeah. They were literally the worst football team in... What's quite interesting, they were literally were. They had the worst run of form of anyone, and they had the football league thing, and we, it was sort of second bottom, but then that's because it didn't include all the non-league games sure. that we then lost in that same season and then got relegated and relegated. This season, weirdly, York City are the only team in the, or any of the divisions that has not lost any single game in any competition. Well, maybe they'll never lose again. I don't know, that's what I'm hoping. Do a Leicester. Yeah. 
Well, I think it was weird. It was the year that Leicester stole our bones. Yeah. That they won the Premiership. Right, and also right. the year that we were relegated out of the Football League. I believe yeah. I'm right in saying that. If not, it feels enough like that, are but you, it's going to become a fact. Are you saying Richard III's bones decide all football? <laughs> is, that, is that how it works? I mean, so, I don't know a lot about football. Only when he's not under a car park. When he's, when he's, yeah. And only for 12 months after that period, and then he's magic for each other places. <laughs> but the minute you bury him again, it all goes out. All so, so we need to dig him up, take him, some, take him back here, and then we'll win the Premiership. We'll win it. Yeah. All right. Who's your favourite ever York City player? Um, I used to try and play uh, football manager the game yeah. with yeah. York City. Impossible. You, you, <laughs> I mean, you just learn that it's all about money and you go, oh, I can't possibly ever win anything with this team. <laughs> but um, my favourite player was always Emmanuel Panther because of his oh, name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, were some, there, were some, there were some characters. Uh, right. I, look, I, fuck, look, we've done uh, uh, more than we needed to do. Great. So that's good, isn't it? And you didn't poo yourself. I didn't poo myself. Uh, as far as I can tell. Do you tell. say that to all your guests, <laughs> or is that just me? Uh, I really it was both ends, Richard. Yeah. We, we were risking, you know... Did you? Because the well, last time I had food poisoning, I don't want to talk about this while you're still ill, but I'm going to. Yeah, sure. Uh, I had to be sick on my own diarrhoea. I was, had diarrhoea first. We've all been And there. then... Right. I had to be sick and then I had to be sick on my own diarrhea, which is, and then I did, actually, the, I tell her, like, the last time I did it the other way around. And that's I much, did it the other way around. It's much yeah. better that way around. It is much yeah, better that way around. It's much better. Because you don't have to put your face <laughs> into, yeah. Yeah. into the, the yeah. smellier option. It is, it's not, it's not as good. So I'm glad you had, not as good. I'm glad you got the good kind of. Yeah, I got it, I, at least I got it the right way around, yeah. No, I'm very pleased with that. I, I, I felt I've learned something for next time. It's good. And what can we expect to see? Can the people of York come and see you doing something? In yeah, the I mean, I will, I will be a guest on any podcast <laughs> visiting the city for the foreseeable future. Yeah, you've got that sewn up. Um, yeah, no, we're doing, we're doing The Fear um, for the Halloween weekend at uh, York Theatre Royal next week. Yes. And, uh, and then, yeah, check out uh, the Penny Dreadful stuff, I guess. So what's on... the new Penny Dreadful one? Is, is, that, is that about Richard III? Uh, yes, so I'm yeah. writing about Richard III and use Henry the Tudor. You can use the, the stuff about the football if you want. I can oh, you yeah, I'll that. use that, yeah. yeah It'll be mostly about how, <laughs> how his bones decide football. <laughs> if that and that's what Henry Tudor wants to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming in, despite your illness. I massively appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, David Reed. Thank you. Thank you. Go and have a drink in a week. We'll be back with the mess next week. Come, come back next week. You have been listening to Rahala Stapa with me, Rich Tarring, and my guest, David Reed. Hope you're feeling better now, David. Uh, thank you very much to Pest for providing the soundtrack that we are listening to right now. I'd like to thank everyone at the Grand Opera House York. What a delightful venue that was. Thank you to GoFasterStrike.com people. That's Chris Evans, not that one. All those guys. Thanks to you for listening. Please spread the word about this podcast if you enjoyed it. Just tell your friends and make them listen too. It, it will be good. I am debted to my producer and tour manager, James, Jay producer, James Hingley. I don't think anyone noticed the mistake. I covered it quite well. I'm indebted to my series producer, Ben Walker. I'm also indebted to my executive producer, Jonathan Harden. <laughs> uh, we called him Jonathan Hardon on set all day, and it was great, because uh, Harden 
Um, almost identical to Hard On, which is like an erect penis. Um, that is the funniest thing on earth. Uh, thank you. I this is a sky potato. I mean, really, can we put this credits out? Yeah, seems we can. This is a sky potato fuzz and gofasterstrike.com production. Go to richtang.com/gig to find out all the exciting places that the Hellastomat is coming in March, April, and beyond. Uh, to it's London, Birmingham, and Norwich at the moment, but there'll be more to come. I love you. Take care, my friends. 